Anxiety is a feeling that we all feel as human beings. Some of us experience it on a more chronic level and both can lead and contribute to binge eating. And so today I'm going to give you some tools to deal with anxiety, whether you deal with it on a chronic basis or you just deal with it because you are a human being. Welcome to the Binge Eating Coach Podcast, the podcast that helps you go from intellectually knowing how to stop binge eating to really taking action and healing your relationship with food. Because you deserve more space in your life for the things that really matter to you. My name is Krista Couch, your host, recovered bulimic and binge eating coach. Now let's get started. Hey friends. So I announced on Instagram that this episode came out Thursday morning instead of Tuesday morning, really early in the morning, because I lost the file when I had finished editing it. I was up really late and I tried so hard to correct the error that had happened when I saved the file, but I couldn't save it. And I know that sometimes things just turn out the second time better anyway. So here we are re-recording this episode and hopefully it comes out even more amazing and there's things that resonate even better because I had to re-record it. So the episode is about anxiety and this is a very important topic to talk about. Most of my clients deal with anxiety. I would say actually all of my clients deal with anxiety on some level, but some of them, it's one of the major causes that is leading them to binge. And so it's something that we really work on. You think about our modern world and how well we are able to avoid discomfort. It makes sense that when we feel uncomfortable feelings like anxiety, our brains are like, ah, get me out of this. I don't want to feel like this. We use things like social media and food and so many other things to distract ourselves from feeling. And this is something that I definitely did. I used food as a way to get my brain to shut up, basically. I knew that if I was binging or if I was planning another diet, I wasn't having to sit with that really uncomfortable feeling of anxiety or other feelings that I was feeling, like over-desire and restlessness. So part of my recovery was learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Learning to feel my feelings because they don't last forever. They really don't. When you sit through that urge to binge, which feels very urgent and pressing, it really doesn't last forever. Some of the work that we do in coaching is learning to be with that discomfort, learning to observe it in our physical bodies. So when you feel anxiety, you feel it physically. It's an emotion, but it definitely has a physical sensation attached to it. When you check in and you put words to the sensations that you are feeling, it gives you the power to process that instead of avoiding it. And that is really powerful, especially in binge eating recovery. Today, I'm going to offer some strategies and things that have really helped me and my clients coping with anxiety. Anxiety really is a mental illness that needs support. 
I have dealt with both generalized anxiety and panic attacks. Both have required me to get more help than just coaching. Even with medication and therapy, I was still really struggling. And so coaching really helped me bridge that gap and get to the point where I was doing really well handling my anxiety. But if you are dealing with anxiety on a chronic basis, sometimes the tools that I'm going to talk about in this episode are not enough, and there's no shame in that. I am personally on anxiety medication. I deal with anxiety, and sometimes coaching is not enough to help me, and that's okay. I have amazing tools that help me. I also have a medication, and those two things work together to really make my life better. Sometimes there is taboo associated with medication, but I wanted to put that out there because anxiety is very real and there are so many coping skills that can help you, but even then, sometimes that might not be enough and that's okay. I've dealt with anxiety since I was a kid. Looking back now, it's so clear to see that I was dealing with anxiety, but at the time, I had no idea. I just knew that I had a lot of very unhelpful coping strategies that I was using. And so I didn't see the anxiety. What I saw was the results that I was getting from my anxiety. Our emotions are what motivate our actions. And so sometimes anxiety is one of those emotions that we avoid and we use unhealthy coping skills to cope with. That can lead to having a hard time in school It can lead to relationship problems, and especially if you're here, a hard relationship with food. The reason I want to mention that is sometimes we see the results that we are getting from anxiety and get frustrated and blame ourselves. Instead of seeing that the way that we are coping with anxiety is causing those results. And so if we can change the way that we are thinking about things and the way that we are responding to our emotions, then we can make huge changes in these patterns going on in our lives. And this is something that I'm constantly working on. I help my clients with it and I work on it with myself. There's a lot to be said about taking a step back and asking yourself why. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I turning to food to cope? Why am I eating past the point of fullness? Why am I constantly scrolling or distracting myself from being with myself? If you find yourself doing those things and you want to change the results that you're getting in your life, really ask yourself why you're doing those things and if there are emotions that you are avoiding. And if anxiety is one of those emotions, practice processing it. Like, really just check in with yourself. Like, what is this sensation like in my body right now? Right now, I want to scroll. I want to binge. I want to go on this next diet. But really, what I'm feeling is anxiety or some other emotion. And so that's why it's really helpful to recognize and process emotions. We can be with them and feel them instead of turning to other unconscious, unhelpful behaviors. So that's my first word of advice. Learn to be present and learn to recognize your emotions for what they are, because that gives you the ability to make conscious and deliberate choices about food, about how you communicate with other people, about how you show up in your life, how you spend your time, 
and all of these things that have a direct impact on the results that you get and the things that you get done in your life. Another piece to this puzzle is recognizing that our thoughts create our feelings. And so there are thoughts that fuel anxiety, and there are also thoughts that we have about anxiety that we need to recognize and manage because some of those might be helping you and some of them might be hurting you. So if, for example, you go throughout your life worrying about people judging you or worrying about getting in a car accident or worrying about food, you need to take a look at those thoughts that are leading you to worry because there are thoughts that you're having that are leading to this anxiety. And so if you can really challenge those thoughts, it gives you the power to lessen your anxiety and decide what you want to feel instead. So if you have these spinning thoughts that are creating anxiety, you can think of thoughts that create genuine peace or genuine calmness that you want to purposely focus on instead. So this isn't just saying things to yourself that you don't believe. But instead, it's genuinely coming up with things that help you feel calm. So this might look like, I am safe right now. Do you genuinely believe that you are safe right now? Can you come back to that and do you feel calm? And the answer might be no. It might be something else that helps you feel calm. And that's okay. There's no right answers or things that are correct to feel or to think. But there is something that you can think that can help you feel peace. So reflect on that. What is something that you can think that will help you feel peace or calmness or what you would genuinely want to feel? Not what I tell you to think or feel, but what you really want. If you don't want to feel anxious, what do you want to feel instead? And maybe it's just being neutral or feeling less anxious, and that's okay. But what thought is going to help you get there? Because you have 100% control over your thinking. And it doesn't always feel like it. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that and come back to earth and remember that we get to choose what we're thinking. And that means that when your brain is spinning in anxiety, you can choose to feel calm by choosing to think things that help you feel calm. I'm not saying that your brain isn't still going to bring you back to this place where you feel anxious because your brain is very practiced at creating anxiety. But when it continues to do that, you can continue to think things that help you feel calm. And that is where the magic is, is being intentional and building this skill of walking your brain to where you want to go Instead of letting your brain walk you wherever it wants to go, which is often self-sabotage and avoiding and numbing. So if that's not what you want, if you want to be intentional and get new results like an easy relationship with food, really healthy relationships and friendships and a good work-life balance and things like that that most of us want, It's important to learn to walk your brain where you want to go. And learning to be purposeful and manage your thinking is how you're going to get there. So that's the second piece of managing anxiety. 
is learning to walk your brain where you want to go by managing your thoughts. And sometimes the most important thing you can do here is recognize specifically the thoughts creating your anxiety. Because you need to recognize and challenge those thoughts before you can start heading in a different direction towards feeling calm and feeling peace. And so write out the thoughts that are creating anxiety because that's an amazing place to start. The final piece to this is recognizing the thoughts that you have about anxiety. I've had thoughts about anxiety that have led me to feel powerless. And if that's something that you feel or you have thoughts about anxiety that make you even more anxious, it's important to recognize these thoughts too because it's the same thing. If you have unintentional thoughts about anxiety that lead you to feel powerless and not take action and not take care of the things that you can control, then you're going to get stuck and feel stuck with food and anything else in your life that you were trying to change. So do you have thoughts that aren't serving you about your anxiety? This might look like, ugh, I'm just an anxious person. I'm somebody that is always going to struggle with anxiety. If you have these thoughts, try to decide whether or not they're serving you. One way you can decide whether or not they're serving you is by looking at the results that you're getting. Are you continuing to get more anxious by thinking, I am an anxious person? Or are you feeling calm? That's the best way to find out if a thought is serving you. Do you like the results that you're getting from that thought? So if you have all of these thoughts about anxiety that aren't working for you, you can challenge them. You can decide that I'm somebody who handles my anxiety very well. If you were somebody that believed that, you might show up with more confidence and an ability to handle your anxiety better. And maybe you don't believe that fully, but if you can take steps towards that, that's a huge achievement and can really help you with your anxiety. There is a final piece to this that I really want to address, and that is the physical part of this. Sometimes the physical things going on with our bodies and the habits that we have contribute to anxiety. The most blatant way that I've seen this in my own life is when I was dealing with frequent panic attacks. There were a couple elements that were contributing to that. First was a medication that I was on that was not helping me and was causing more panic and these panic attacks and increasing my anxiety. The second was my sleep schedule was all over the place and my sleep was very erratic. I wasn't sleeping very much. I was also drinking a lot of caffeine, which was not helping at all. And the last thing that I was doing was I was not eating regularly enough. I would wake up and not have time for breakfast. And so I would put it off until later in the afternoon. And even though I was doing well with my relationship with food, I was clearly not prioritizing my health because I wasn't restricting due to me wanting to have a smaller body. I was restricting because I just didn't care enough. And this is just as harmful. And so if you notice any of these patterns, it's really important to take a look at what you can do instead and how you can take measures to avoid these things that contribute to anxiety. One of the major things is caffeine consumption. Are you drinking a lot of caffeine? 
because that can contribute to anxiety. Are you doing things that are making it worse for yourself? Because there's no shame in that. All of us are human and imperfect and none of us handle this life perfectly. But if you can recognize these things that are contributing to your anxiety, you can make it easier for yourself. And so I wanted to put that out there because that is a big part of this and was a huge part of me getting over that period of having a lot of panic attacks is I had to learn to implement preventative measures into my life to avoid me getting to that place where I was spinning and panicking. One of the major reasons why I've been able to get to the point where I don't have frequent panic attacks is I have a lot of things set up in my life to keep me mentally healthy, checking in with myself, and noticing unhelpful cycles that I might be in before they get to an unhealthy level. And so I really encourage you to take that kind of inventory and think about the things going on in your life, aside from just the food part of things, that might be contributing to increased anxiety. I hope that you're able to walk away from listening to this with some things that you can really ponder on and think about. And sometimes listening is really helpful, but not enough to help you see changes. I encourage you to sit down with a notebook and write out the things that you noticed and the things that came up while you listened to this episode. If you can even go through again and write these things out, It's going to get you from that level where you just listened to it and consumed this information to the point where you're able to make these shifts and make little changes in how you're thinking and how you're reacting to your emotions. So sit down with a notebook and take this from the level where you're just getting it intellectually to the point where you're really applying it. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. When I work with my clients one-on-one, we dive deep into these things. There's so much there, and usually when my clients have worked with me for a couple of weeks, they'll say to me, oh man, I did not realize there was so much there and so many things I had learned and thought patterns I wasn't recognizing, and how easy it is to change those once you do that hard work of recognizing them. And what I help people do is recognize those things sooner and get to the point where they're able to really take those actions and get unstuck. I think of my job as getting people unstuck and helping them really make lasting changes. And it's so satisfying and so healing to see that. And it means so much to me. I'm obsessed with the job that I have and the changes I'm able to help people make. So if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, applications are open at my website. You can go to kristacouchcoaching.com and click work with me. I hope that you have an amazing day and I will talk to you next Tuesday on the Binge Eating Coach podcast.